And today, what I'd like to do is to focus on six dimensions of the event that's underway. Again, the premise being that we need to actually build a response strategy that's inclusive of those various dimensions. Welcome to Create New Futures, a show about thought-provoking ideas and practices you can use to create and shape your future in life and in business. Join Aviv Shahar, author and innovation strategy consultant, as he shares his proven strategies that have helped clients create breakthrough results. Aviv has guided executives at Fortune 100 companies, and now he wants to help you. A central element of leading through times of change is mapping and framing the set of challenges and opportunities in front of you. Here is part of a conversation in which I was asked, how do I organize my thoughts and my mind around the unfolding story of the coronavirus pandemic? And where I propose six elements of the story and why this represents along the extraordinary devastation and impact on all of us, also a profound developmental and possibly an evolutionary opportunity. For several decades, I've been walking in two worlds with one foot in one world and the other foot in another world. And I've had one foot in the business world, in the coaching and consulting space, and with my focus primarily on helping clients improve their business results. And what I've done there is I developed a strategic consultancy and practically reinvented in a way the idea of um, strategy development by building a practice that is centered on strategic innovation enabled by the, the approach of creating new futures, creating new business future, creating new organizational future, and, and so on. And this work enabled me to develop a successful and, and lucrative consulting practice. So I've had one foot in this world, and parallel to that, I've had a foot in a whole other world for all those decades. And this other foot has always been in an, based in an inquiry that is more metaphysical, spiritual, developmental, evolutionary nature, and one that inquires about the core mysteries of life. Why are we human, humans here on earth? And what is the meaning of purpose and soul and spirit and the higher human potential? And, and part of that exploration has always involved also the practical search of the kind of states and processes and practices that enable us to activate and unleash the higher human faculties. And on the other end of that second inquiry, there has been an aspect of, for example, exploring the end-of-days theologies that you can find in all world religions and all world faith, where different theological streams inquire about the future of humanity, the future of the world. And it's very interesting and and compelling to see how those narratives have been framed in different 
streams, different theological streams. And it is so important and, and fascinating because those, unbeknown to most people, permeate so much of people's beliefs, even if they treat themselves or hold themselves to not be religious, religious or spiritual at all. Because those are being auto-suggested from the collective tendency and tendencies and the collective memory of humanity. So I say that because those two worlds, those two dimensions that in me have always been fused, but largely were kept separate, I now feel, I now recognize that this threefold epidemic that we are discussing, the coronavirus epidemic, the stock market and economic meltdown epidemic, and, and the viral nature of that, and the panic and fear and anxiety epidemic, that this scenario, I now read it to be one that represents a uh, clarion call, asking me to bring those two worlds in me into integration, at least in the voice that I bring in terms of what I share, uh, because, and, and one important aspect of this is the appreciation that there is no sufficient kind of resilience strategy in the business space without some kind of a mental, emotional, behavioral, spiritual aspects that are integrated. And in the same way, on the other side of the equation, to inquire merely at this as a, from a spiritual or metaphysical point of view without actually bringing to the table pragmatic and practical ways and means and, and response strategies and responsibility is amateurish, not serious, and totally insufficient. My intent is to look to try to find, to bring the emergence of those two backgrounds and experiences, the pragmatic, practical coaching experience and, and working with senior executives all around the world and the more metaphysical, developmental, evolutionary, spiritual inquiry that, that has always been central to my own personal journey. And today, what I'd like to do is to focus on six dimensions of the event that's underway. Again, the premise being that we need to actually build a response strategy that's inclusive of those various dimensions, rather than think that if we're going to produce one dimension of response, that it's going to be sufficient. The first dimension to highlight, this is a global event. It's happening globally all at the same time. There is a profound significance in that it's probably the first time that we are experiencing such a global event. Mm -hmm. The stock market collapse in 2008 impacted many people, but was not as global an event, and it had a narrower time kind of an experience. The event of 9-11 was something that resonated and chain reacted globally, but it was a one-day event, and many people outside the U.S. viewed it from the distance with an impact and response, but still, it was not something that we all experienced in the same way. Uh, I'll be revealing uh, my age if I'll say that uh, the, the one time I can trace to in my ch childhood where there was a global event was the Apollo 11 landing on the moon and then the Apollo 13. And that these were experiences that people experienced globally. People were watching these 
on televisions all around the world. But this is something we are experiencing in the individual way, in the personal way. So these are the first two dimensions, the global personal event. This is the first global personal event of its kind in a way that where each person is experiencing it in a personal way, all while it's happening globally. And there is profound significance in that uh, we are building, a, for the first time, a shared personal global experience. So these are dimension one and dimension two. Dimension three, this is a geopolitical event. We don't yet know how it will recast the geopolitical landscape. But one thing we know when we come on the other side of this event, whenever that is, whether it's two months, four months, or six or eight months or a year, I don't know that we will immediately know, but it will be something that will have catalyzed and, and accelerated a recasting of the geopolitical landscape. The, the, the power balances, the place of China and India and Russia and Europe and, and the United States, in, and the way each of these countries develop their response and where there the was a good coherent response and ability to collaborate and where there wasn't and what were the impacts all those will change in some way the balance of power globally so it's a geopolitical event and we need to be attuned to to that and, and because why because it will impact us in a personal way the fourth dimension which i mentioned earlier is is an economic one because each person is impacted in a profound way, how it impacts your work. Some people that are actually working in companies that are thriving through this time. Some companies are out of business and many people have lost their work and many more will lose their work. Some people were just at the early stage of their retirement and are seeing and or will see evaporation of significant amount of their savings which they planned on for their retirement. How will that impact them practically, financially, in their psychology, in what they uh, will be able to do is significant. But it also is an economic event in a whole other way because many people were expecting that something will happen and was about to happen in the economy because we were at the end of the longest expansion cycle in history, we were, this, this was a about 10-year bull market run, partly extended because of the policies that were enacted. And so many people were expecting that something will happen. And one of the important things to recognize about extended cycles, a new cycle in the economy often appears with new innovation. And the, the late stage of the cycle is often characterized more by driving efficiency to maximize the, the capture of value out of that cycle that was initially created. And so because of that, many, many companies in the last several years, their drive, their focus was taking cost out of the system to drive the highest level of efficiency. This is what Nisim Taleb uh, described in his anti-fragility framework, the scenario that leads to highly efficient organizations that are also highly fragile. 
highly fragile because all the redundancies were taken out of the system. So I'm saying this is an economic event because we will have to, there will be the debrief inquiries where people will say, well, hold on a minute, why were we not better prepared? And some of the answer would have to be a reflection on how we have in many systems taken all the cost out of the system, reduced their natural redundancies and created highly fragile systems. I have never seen one orange tree saying to the, to the other orange tree, you must be more efficient. Why are you generating so many flowers to create so much less in terms of number of orange fruit on your tree? Nature has tremendous amount of redundancy. In modern economy, we try to take all that redundancy out of the system to drive, to drive the highest level of efficiency. What the large cycles prove is that sometimes what appears to be very efficient on the front end will appear to be very costly because we were not necessarily best prepared to this or to any other situation. It's not so easy argument to make because people will quickly say back to that, well, if we follow your proposal, we will have to be build preparedness to 70 different scenarios. How can, how can that be efficient? So I'm suggesting a principle to reflect on rather than a specific strategy. So that's the economic ef uh, effect and dimension number four after global, personal and geopolitical. The fifth dimension of the event is profound social. It's a profound social event. Never in the history of evolution has there been a species that needed to change its behavioral and social code in a matter of like overnight. In a matter of week, globally, we have learned to rewire, reprogram how we behave with each other. We now have learned to respect the space of the other person. Most people are not sensitized to the energy field of other people, but guess, guess what? We now are actually practically trained to stand in an auric distance. That's the energy field distance twice from the other person, which is the practice of social distancing. So something in that behavioral experience is, is being rewired. And I, I am fascinated with what will that do to us in the future? Will we completely forget it? Or will we actually recognize that you don't end where your body ends, but that in fact you have a space around you where energetically all your processes also if you sneeze, you also impact that space, but that's not the only thing. Energetically, you actually expand beyond that. So that's a fascinating a point of view of, of will that enter more of human awareness? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that. What I do know is that we were able to rewire our behavior in a profound way, and we are now respectful, respectful of each other's space in a whole new way. And finally, I would say the sixth dimension is this integration of all those different layers of process and awareness inside the, the meaning-making, spiritual, metaphysical event that we each make it to be. In that we are each a spiritual being inside the human experience. We are not, as so many times we fail to recognize, we think that we are human beings seeking the spiritual experience. In actuality, we are spiritual beings 
participating in the human experience and how we are each choosing to take this opportunity that we are isolated or we were guided and chosen to enter the cocoon of self-isolation like caterpillars we entered our homes to be largely cocoon and the question is well will we come out of these cocoons more as butterflies in which case the question is how will we use this time of metamorphosis how will we transform ourselves by reflection about what matters most to us by dialogue and conversation with the people we love by making some important decisions in terms of what we will support going forward, where will we allocate the most precious assets of our life, which those include our time, our energy, and our mental focus, and how will we take the totality of this experience to make the and establish through it the meaning that we will choose to ascribe to it, and particularly and most critically what I addressed in my last podcast episode about tackling fear head-on and not letting fear and anxiety and panic actually shape our mind. Instead, resist that and actually break out of it to a whole other different kind of mental space that we can choose to create for ourselves. So, What am I saying? I'm saying that we ought to reflect on these six dimensions and we've got to then inside it decide where we choose to focus. Are we still negotiating with the past? You have many people now talking about when will we come back to normal. There is no normal in the way we have known it that we are coming back to because some things will change forever. Which of those things will change and which will return, we don't know yet. We can confidently say that there is a bright future ahead. It's going to be a different future, though. And the shift, the pivot of resilience is the one when we choose to no longer look backward and negotiate with the past, but rather when we choose to focus on the future and discover the new future that's emerging rather than still in our mind negotiating what are we losing that we used to have in the past. As a young CEO that I spoke with this week said to me, I have decided that instead of looking at this as a problem, I am seeing this situation as a new change of the landscape and by leaning and embracing the new landscape rather than by seeing it as a temporary problem right right there in that pivot, he said, I become more resilient, more entrepreneurial, more able to discover the opportunities that are available for me to shape events and take control of the situation. When people talk about the world coming back to normal, the simple answer is it's not coming back, it's going forward. And the sooner we are able to engage with that mindset, the more resilient and agile we will be. One example that's a proof point is in our neighborhood. I've seen this week people stop during their afternoon walk and having a conversation from the two sides of the 
uh, road so they respect of the street to so they can respect the distance from each other but people that have never spoken to each other speaking with each other including acts of kindness and including moments of generosity and new relationships developed in a neighborhood with people that have lived next to each other for many many years so I'm proposing that this crisis is potentially while it is challenging and will and is causing cataclysmic economic impacts and death uh, rates that are shocking all around the world it is also potentially a generational birthing experience of a global personal experience where we can discover the multifaceted human the multifaceted experience of human life and we can be inclusive of those five or six or seven different dimensions of how we are experiencing that time and inside it we can recognize that we each one of us we are not one thing actually we are each a multifaceted human and that we are called to attend to the multi-dimensional experience of life and build specific strategies to address each of the different situations in which we participate and, and play in and discover that we each may have dozen different roles we participate in and each of those roles require different response from us and to enable that we need to develop some meta strategies such that will enable us to participate in a productive and constructive way in each of the roles and uh, at, at the same time provide us with a with a core center of gravity where we shape our environment we shape our, shape our sense of resilience and where we become leaders to ourselves and to uh, the people around us where we can take care of our health we can take care of our minds and our spirits and our souls and we can shape that universal personal experience and in some way when we do that we already help and are taking care of the world the world around us and that's my invitation in this message today thank you for listening aviv always encourages his clients to identify the one or two ideas they can move forward into action immediately what will you capture and apply today You can always begin with a small action and then build momentum over time. When you move forward from an idea to action, you get immediate ROI, return on the time you invested, and return of learning. And then the learning cycle builds the success propulsion. One more thing. You can reach Aviv directly by phone and email to discover how he can help you create a new future for your business and organization. Creating your new future can begin today.